This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey, everybody. This is Chris. Welcome to the party, pals. I'm Jesse. Nice. You did say it. I did, yeah. yeah. Before we start, he told us exactly what he's going to say. and <laughs> He's a man of his word. Jesse Thornburg is a man of his word. Uh, you know. Documented. <laughs> when, we rehearse, when we rehearse this, this start, uh, they were mocking me like we we because I, I had to run out for a second. They're like, we can't start without you. We don't even know how to start. If you remember, it was not that long ago. We used to like rock, paper, scissor it to figure out who who started the podcast. No, no, we've never. I think that was, I think that was before the unconformity. Before. <laughs> the unconformity. That's that. great. That is a great way to call it a hiatus. <laughs> is our. <laughs> area of time of non-deposition of podcasts yeah well you just forgot to record that's yeah that's exactly. story. we forgot to hit record where <laughs> we we uh settled the podcast up there was just uh an erosional event a data a data gap data there gap yeah yep we just lost, we data. lost all that data yeah maybe one, one day we'll go back in the archives and we'll uh find some zombie podcasts from- uh, yeah I, I hope like uh in in a hundred years, like a audio historian will piece together snippets, the lost files. Oh, I I can't I can't see why that wouldn't happen. Yeah, it turns out I it was, was just it was thirty five episodes about Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking maybe for some of our older episodes we do a word by word redo of the old episodes. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> It's I'm like, you not, know, there's always movies out there they keep on redoing, you know? Yeah, we'll I'm not one of our episodes, word for word. Yeah, we'll, we'll call this Fast and Furious Cole 10. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> bands can can cover other bands' songs, and it's not a problem. We'll just, I guess, cover our own material. Like yeah, but it will, it will, yeah. I like the word for word where it's like shot. It's like when they remade, didn't the guy who, with the Vince Vaughn Psycho? Psycho, yeah. It's like exactly shot for shot, shot, right? for shot. I think so, yeah. I'm sure they've done it with others, but... I feel like that was like super faithful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can't wait to do episode three, natural disasters of 2013. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that like next year for line, the, the 10 year anniversary of natural disasters. <laughs> That's what we should do. The 10 year anniversary, 2013, a recap. <laughs> let's, let's talk about, yeah. Well, I don't even know what. Like those, uh, those VH1 shows. Remember the nineties or something yeah. like that? Or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Don't get me started on Tropical Storm Barry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, enough with the uh, the bantering. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the premier geology podcast, the Geology Flannel Cast. We got a um, interesting topic today. We're gonna have a bunch of thought experiments, really, when we're kind of kind of talking this this topic out. Um, but uh, today's episode was kind of. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What what brought what's the word to, to bring inspired? She's mm. a long episode if I can't think of that word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, so today's episode was inspired by this. Uh, a recent article came out um, talking about how eroding eroded down mountains or when ma- like super mountains we're talking about like some of like the, the tallest mountains ever to to be on the on the face of the earth when they super mountain yeah super mountains so they're like uh some of the tallest mountains ever to be on the surface of the earth how their erosion could have potentially led to like uh uh like a, a pickup in evolution and one of those would be like the the cambrian life explosion that we see yeah i mean you've heard to say us on this podcast you know mountains come up mountains come down Apparently sure. mountains go up and when they come down, they spawn all life as we know it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Is all life as we know it related to a mountain building event? No. 
Okay, well, there you have it. No, uh, <laughs> you I was going to say you can you can circle everything back to geology, Jesse. You're going to say no to this. Well, I think there's other forces involved. I guess well, I don't I know, but this about. is like our, uh, you know, our Patreon extra of stump the geologist, where we ask oh, Jesse, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> you know, talk about uh, surfboards. How do you re- how do you relate that back to geology? And then Jesse yeah. and his like seven degrees of separation figures it out. <laughs> I mean, old surfboards were, there's a certain type of wood, right? Which, yeah. <laughs> All right. We're not doing this now. Oh. I just, just, I'm impressed. I, I'm impressed. I can't stop him. <laughs> Good gracious. That was awesome. Uh, well, let's talk, let's talk about these mountains going up. And then yeah. let's follow it up by when they come down. <laughs> so they're going to go up. So let's see. Um, all right, so it's a paper out um, from uh, talked about. Well, I guess uh, I'll give a shout out to the the authors of this uh, of this paper real fast. Um, but uh, the 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 t- title of the paper is uh, the temporal distribution of Earth's super mountains and their potential link to the rise of atmospheric oxygen and biological evolution. Um, so super, uh, super mountain is great. Yeah. Yes. It's a great mountain. name. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like we got some, uh, some, uh, some of our Australian friends wrote this paper. Um, Good day. From the Australian national university. I feel like and, we're pretty uh, big in Australia. We are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. someday we'll take a visit. <gasps> yeah. We're also pretty big in Ireland too. We can go Let's there. Let's go there too. Yeah, we really need to get our uh, Norwegian listeners up because I want to go to Norway. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to go to the Faroe Islands. Okay, um, I'd like to just leave Delaware County, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's at all possible. <laughs> Let's get our um, listeners up in <laughs> Montgomery County. <laughs> there you go. Ooh. Uh, all right, so we got uh, people from the, the Australian National University and uh, Queensland University of Technology wrote this paper. And uh, okay, so let's just uh, give you a brief run through of what's going on here. Um, two two super mountain ranges. All right, one was called uh, the, the Nuna Super Mountains. So uh, I'm not. Jesse had mentioned you you you're familiar with this term Nuna before the before this uh before the podcast. Yeah. It's a supercontinent. Like that was a supercontinent then turned into Gondwana later on. No, so no, it was, turned into Rodinia. Turned into Rodinia. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Nuna is sometimes called something else. Columbia. Columbia, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's also known as Columbia. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking um where were that's the like, here? Is yeah, like these are billion. old school super supercontinents like this, I mean, Rodinia, I had heard of. Nuna was really stretching the limits of my. I had a my geo history class. Um, <clears throat> my my yeah, my Earth history class as an undergrad. Um, I had to learn all the supercontinents from mm-hmm. like the beginning to where we are today, and I, that's where I was drawing it from. But Rodinia, I feel like is. You know, Rodinia. Everyone yeah. knows Rodinia. That's yeah. 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 <clears throat> I'd like to give a shout out to Brooke who reached out to us on Instagram from Australia saying yeah. she wants us to do an episode on Australia geology. Australia geology would be a great episode. <laughs> yeah. That's I like don't think they're really limited old. to one episode. It's no. so complex. Yeah. yeah. And you know what Australia also has, Jesse? Coal. Coal. <laughs> it's it's pretty controversial. <laughs> Uh, we could, well, there we you could, have it. We mentioned call for the first time. So if you're playing the geology flannel cast drinking game, you can take your first <laughs> sip. Right now. Uh, yeah. All right. So Nuna uh, popped up around uh, 2 billion to 1.8 billion years ago. Yeah. So it was old, old stuff. Yeah. Nuna, uh, yeah. And it, I mean, it, it's made up of really, obviously really old what what would be sort of shield or craton rock today so like bits of laurentia bits of greenland and baltica and it kind of 
it hung out in the northern hemisphere, crossed over the equator, but it was mainly a a northern hemisphere supercontinent. And just real quick, when we're saying super mountains, um, you know, the physics of the planet still only allow them to to grow so large, so tall, I guess I should say, from base level. So they they were tall. They were like on the order of Mount Everest. But Mount Everest is like, you know, Mount Everest. These were like Mount Everest, but 5,000 miles of them. <laughs> like just yeah, yeah like really, really four long times the length ranges. of the Himalayas. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, so the height of mountains on Earth is basically governed by it it, or limited by gravity they just get too if they get too big they get too heavy and then it just pushes down into the asthenosphere Mm -hmm. that's why i almost never stand up during the day do you know so the tallest mountain on earth is uh mauna kea right in hawaii it's the big island of hawaii from the bottom to the top from the bottom from From the the bottom to the top but from the from the the base to the to the top so the the crusts so you, it's 33,000 feet, give or take. And Mount Everest is 29,000 feet. So, you know, it's almost a mile bigger. Who's counting? <laughs> um, but why can m- the limit on Earth is about Mount Everest? It's like 29,000. Mount Everest is still going up, but it won't go up much more because it's just it'll get too heavy and it just keeps pushing down on the on the crust. But do you know why Malakea can grow so high? What the Hawaiian the, gods, I'm assuming. Uh, it's it's got to be. It's the it's the the water aids it in that you have the hydrostatic pressure sort of pushing on the sides of it that acts almost like a it like buttresses it up a bit. Oh, I was going to say like I, like yeah. popping I, a pimple. You squeeze the pimple from the side and it gets yeah. taller. Yeah, I never put two and two together about that. No, I, I it was only when I was sort of reading up on on this episode um that I, that I thought about it and that's why like you go somewhere like <clears throat> um the tallest mountain in the solar system is is olympus mons on mars and it is um i always thought it was so i've gotten three different numbers from three different sources it's anywhere from 66 to to 84,000 feet high holy cow yeah wow but how so is that possible because the yeah, gravity on uh, Mars is smaller, I guess, yeah, because of the different gravitational. Smaller. Yeah, so there's less gravity. There's no plate tectonics, and so like um, the hot spot, whatever, because it's a it's a shield it's volcano. An, it's a shield volcano, so whatever is feeding it, it's just it's not moving, so it just keeps pumping lava, uh, you know, onto the surface. But it's extinct, though. It's it's not- extinct. Yeah, yeah, but. But like hot, you think about Hawaii today, hot spots today, you, you pump all that lava up and the plate will eventually move off of it. And so, you know, to some extent, you're governed by how long it's being fed by. Oh, uh, I, I see. Your, so the, what? OK, it's just, it just got it. It's, it was stuck on top of that hot spot. Yeah. And... Yeah. Because it wasn't moving. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. So there's no weathering. But yeah, there's less gravity. I think it's the big the big one. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mar- Mars is, you know, Fairly, fairly small compared to Earth. It is more as like a quarter of the size oh, of Earth. Oh no, I thought it was like eighty percent the size of Earth. No. It was only twenty percent smaller. So the Earth is what eight thousand miles in diameter, and Mars is about four thousand. Holy cow, it's way off. So I mean, Venus is really close, right? Venus is Venus. Yeah, like, that's yeah, our sister planet. planet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Venus is. Yeah, Venus is a little bit smaller. Earth is seventy nine hundred miles. Sorry, miles. And um, Venus is seventy five hundred. Uh, how many African elephants is that? More than a baker's dozen. Yeah. So we, we talk about this. Two baker's dozens. Dozens. African elephants. <laughs> are they the big ones or is it Asian elephants? African elephants are the big ones, right? I feel like this is the fifth time we've talked about this in the <laughs> yeah, podcast. So just... <laughs> Asian elephants are the small ones. I believe so, yes. We'll just go with that. Yeah. I'm thinking of uh the elephants that Indiana Jones rides in oh Temple of Doom. Well, I did Asian. a calculation yeah. for this podcast. Uh yeah. so we talked about I, did, I forgot I did this. Chris, Chris so, ran the numbers. 
I ran the numbers. I did some number crunching here. And uh, this uh, Nuna super mountain range, like we said, it's like three to four times longer than the Himalayan mountains are now. Yes. So uh, about 5,000 miles long. So just to give you a sense of scale, what is it from like San Francisco to New York? That's like 3,000-ish miles, right? Mm, Sound about right? Sure. All right. So this is 5,000. This, this is wide. This mountain range is wider than the width of the United States. And uh, it looks like uh, we would have, in order, you, if you would stack African elephants across that, um, you would have 2 million 640,000 African elephants right next to each other. <laughs> Boom. Done. Wow. 2.64 million. Oh, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of elephants. What? Now, if you stack them all together. <clears throat> yeah, well, this is like head to tail, like in a straight line. If you piled them up. Yeah. What's their weight compared to, say, Mount Everest? How much would they push down on the crusts? Where where would you hit your isostatic balance? Uh, so like how many African elephants would we need to get the same weight as Mount no, Everest? No, no. If you just compare the 2.5 million or whatever. To yeah. Mount Everest, which one's heavier? <laughs> it's got to be Mount Everest. It's got to be. How much Mount Everest? Because I, I don't fine. know, but this is five times. Ah, there's a lot of elephants. It is a lot of elephants. But it's a straight but, line of elephants. But I'm, I'm saying you pi- just stack them up, make a little elephant pyramid, like they're you know, yeah, the cheer like, competition. Yeah, like uh, spherical chickens in a vacuum or something. Yeah, like this um, is. Anyway, but. But elephants are mostly made of water and carbon, so I'm guessing they would be less dense than. Yeah. Your oh, standard. yeah. The density, like, of- even if, even if it's granite, that's like 2.54 grams per centimeter cube versus carbon, that's only slightly over one gram per centimeter yeah. cube. The density of a, I mean, the density of a, I mean, yeah, you're you're pushing. It's basically water, so it's like one. Yeah. Yeah, because an elephants elephants can swim. They kind of float. <laughs> So they're they're buoyant. So that means they're yeah they're I just around one curveball in the calculations. Anyway, all right. All I right, think so we've already gone down this I really, you know, the problem here. What is that? Because we, we went off the formatted we've outline. We, we left the outline. Yes. So uh, I apologize to our friends at the formatting formula who who you know do such hard work to get us to keep us online and on track and. You know, all it takes is me to see something shiny and be like, "Ooh, what are we talking about? Let, let's talk about lining African elephants up from head to tail. <laughs> so we'd like to thank our friends at Formatting Formula, formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward, forward slash C formatting formula um, for all of your word document formatting needs on, on their uh, YouTube page. They have all these very nice very well paced videos on how to do all kinds of stuff. And, and again, even, you know, Chris w- was commiserating earlier, he upgraded windows and, you know, his mic was popping and all, you know, you should have seen him. He was getting all kinds of upset, but uh, we were, in, know, I was in a tizzy before the podcast started. He was, but the formatting formula not only has older versions of word, but they also have a, some videos from Macs and versus PCs and things like that. So, Anything you really need to get done, you could be able to teach yourself. Or if you're super lazy like I am, you just call them and say, here, fix this, make this work. You know, I have figures one through 37. I need to insert one halfway through, make make it work, or you know, add these hyperlinks or or hyperlink my table of contents. So all I have to do is click on it and it goes right to that section. Or change my headers so my headers are all customized so it does exactly what I need because I don't really need to do this, that, or the other thing. I only need these things. So formattingformula.com, check them out. But mo- more importantly, make sure you say the Geology Flannel Cast sent you and the Geology Flannel Cast is the greatest thing since the African elephant. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... We're talking about two mountain ranges here, super mountains. The second super mountain range that we're going to look at is the uh, from uh, Gondwana. Let's see. It was the Trans-Gondwanian Mountain. Yeah, Trans-Gondwanian Super Mountains. 
And so that was put up about 650 to 500 million years ago. Once again, kind of the same estimates for, for length of that range as well. It's like about 5,000 miles. Um, so these are huge. That's a, there's a lot of rock that got shoved up um, for those for those mountain ranges there. But uh, so one of the things that we're going to talk about is not so much the mountain building, but the mountain erosion, taking uh, tearing the, the the mountains down. So the one. Th- so the, the, the time period we're dealing with now, so like when the Transgondwanian mountains go up, that's like, that's like right before just about the, when the, uh, the Cambrian life explosion starts. So there's the, I, I guess the Cambrian period starts at 541 million years ago. And uh, during that, we just see this, uh, during the Cambrian period, we see this really like uh, this, well, just this explosion of life. And it's kind of, there's there's uh, some hypotheses as to what could have caused that. You know, one of the things being like uh, um, uh, like snowball snowball earth melts, and now it's just like um, it's kind of like you know we're, we've been setting the stage all throughout Earth history, and finally all that ice melts from snowball earth, and it's like okay, the stage is set now. That like, you know uh, we can get life proliferating. Uh, some other people have looked at it and, and said available oxygen content uh, that potentially could have caused this explosion, but it's, it's all just kind of a, you know, I'm just kind of a, a hypothesizing. No one knows for sure what could have caused the uh, Cambrian life explosion. So the one thing now we, we, we build up mountains, mother nature is going to start tearing them down right away. And uh, if you get a mountain range that's 5,000 miles long, you're going to have a crap ton of sediment getting shed off of this stuff. I can't even imagine what that must have been like to have all this sediment just pouring off of these mountains. I mean, you had the Appalachian mountain range that was 3,000 miles long. No, not 3,000. Uh, oh, I guess if you consider it going up, oh, you, uh, going up into like uh, Europe. Yeah. yeah. Continuing. Oh, on the other but side either land. way, yes, uh, you're, yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. Maine, in that. I mean, Maine to Georgia's you what, 1400, miles. 1500. Yeah, just say, uh, yeah, I would say, like yeah, but if you, yeah, if you extend it up through like Greenland into the, the highlands of, of say Scotland into mm-hmm. Scandinavia via the Fenno Scandinavian mountains there, but yeah, a ton of sediment, you're right, like the whole, like think of all the Atlantic coastal plain and then all the sediment from all those other areas. So just a, a lot. So what they're saying is that this sediment is, is supplying biolimiting nutrients, such as like phosphorus to the ocean. Yeah. And iron, that could have iron as well. Iron. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, don't iron's a big one because that's uh, that causes that can cause algal blooms in the ocean. And this is, so this, so especially with with Nuna, which is mm-hmm. it's this is right this not right after, but this is after the oxygen revolution. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Nuna, oxygen... Nuna goes up one point eight billion years ago, yeah. and the disappearance of banded iron formations is at one eight five billion years ago. Yeah, yeah, or even I mean, even before you can put it at two one. If Viva la oxygen. So like the oxygens lose all of their iron right before this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that at 1.8, 1. 1. 1.8 to 8, 800 million is something known as the boring billion. Should we talk about that? <laughs> the boring billion. Don't bore people with this. Uh, <laughs> I can hear the listeners just pressing the stop button right now. I'm not <laughs> listening to the boring billion. Which is, it's silly because there's a lot happening. But is there? <laughs> <laughs> Depends what you're into. You know, if you're like a, yeah. it's so a what it, little what things it, in life that, you, you know, that make you happy. Sum up the boring billion in 30 seconds. Well, it, it's apparently like a billion years, 1.8 billion to 800 million, right in the time frame we're talking about, 
where there's it's pretty stable tectonically. Um, even the transition from Nuna to Rodinia isn't a big, it's like a fragmentation that takes place where it rearranges itself. Um, it's thought to be pretty climactically stable. The end of it at 800 is a snowball earth. And prior to it is a big glaciation from the oxidation event. So the, the rise of oxygen leads to a big glaciation. Check out the snowball earth episode if you're so inclined. Mm. Um, and there's not much going on biologically in terms of, you know, you have, you have some, it's mostly prokaryotes. You have some eukaryotes, you know, some proto lichen on land, but I think like protists were like the apex of the food web at this time, but it is thought that have fallen. Yeah. Yeah. It is thought that like, this is when you start getting, the evolution of plants and animals and fungi away from say bacteria. So you develop organelles and sexual reproduction, things like that. Yeah. Man, anyway, that's where it gets fun. Yeah. That's <laughs> at a nickel. Uh, Woo, organelles. By, by the way, snowball Organ- earth is episode 92 from April of 2021. Don't get me started on organelles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that's interesting that like right prior to this, the oceans sort of lose all of their iron mm-hmm. with the, the the banded iron formations, the biffs. And like you said, the last, I think the last biff is 185. Mm-hmm. And you go into the, you build up these big mountains, which is going to supply a lot of phosphorus and iron. And Yeah, so we see that with... Uh like uh, algal blooms in, in the oceans, all you need is one of the limiting uh, nutrients is iron and just basically just iron rich dust getting blown into the Atlantic ocean can set off an algal bloom. And there've been some studies that have looked at this, like, can we just add iron and cause an algal bloom? And uh, they've gone out there with like, basically like from my understanding, just iron pellets and just uh, uh, drop that in the ocean and boom, caused an algal bloom and um there's some implications like maybe can we use the can we do this to um kind of take advantage of this algal blooms to uh they because they perform photosynthesis to you know basically be a a carbon sink and from what i've heard just some, some people are just a little nervous like well let's not overdo it and turn the whole world into an ice age that would be a that'd really harsh our mallow a bit if we <laughs> Seems bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So those are those are biolimiting nutrients. Um, kind of like a little brief run through on those things. So what's happening now? The mountains are eroding down. It's it's basically just putting all the nu- these nutrients into the ocean. So, um, you know, we've done we've talked about this on the on the podcast in the past about how um, with in terms of like carbon sequestration and. Um, with uh mountains mountains eroding as well um what were we talking about it was like mafic rocks right when mafic rocks erode it basically uh uh, don't it sucks up the co2 or is it the opposite no for which process i'm talking about like when mafic rocks um erode i don't i don't know about mafic but when you when you weather um, carbonates, carb maybe that's you, what it was. I'm okay. I'm confused yeah. You draw that. down CO two. That's what it is. You take okay. You draw down. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, got confused there. <laughs> um, but anyway, all this like all this like kind of like behind the scenes stuff is going on when it turns when it comes down to these these mountains um, getting eroded down. Uh, so the one thing that uh, I was kind of thinking of also, and I don't know how. You know, I, I'm not. She's. Uh, I, I'm not a. And you know, I'm not an expert in paleoclimate or anything like that. But mountain don't range. Sell yourself short, Chris. Yeah. Well, just. <laughs> well, in that case. <laughs> no, but you put up these big mountains, right? The mountains can start to affect the climate in several ways. And I was wondering how much of what, what do you guys think about that? Of, of you know. 
obviously like this, this whole, this whole thought experiment or the hypothesis of these mountain ranges kind of adding to these uh, kind of like jump starts in evolution, but is it the sedimentation or can you also think of it as like climate changing as from the mountains going up as well? That could aid to, I mean, or there, oh, there could well, be potentially many variables that, that aid yeah. to this as well. So mountains go mountains going up mountains. I was, I just want to correct myself. Uh, it's silicate minerals getting weathered by, by carbonate, by uh, carbonic acid, by carbonate um, that f- turns into Carb- carbonate rocks so the silicates get oh weathered. that's what it was it, yeah yeah that's right. that's what it was you're right, yeah. and then you bury say limestone or whatever those carbonate rocks are yeah so i knew there was i knew carbonates were involved yeah but like i mean you put a mountain up you're going to do a lot of things i mean you can increase weathering like this where you expose more rocks to weathering, but you affect say atmospheric circulation Mm-hmm. which can which can have a, a pretty dramatic effect especially on a supercontinent if you have 5000 mile long wall you keep out you know the air masses have to move up and over that and so you create this massive rain shadow yeah, yeah they go like say, the yeah. atacama desert or the yeah you know. and i mean supercontinents are are pretty barren places to begin with because the interior of them Air, the air masses that make it in, into the interior are pretty dry to begin with because there's, they're so yeah, there's no humidity. There's no, yeah. there's no water source. So, <clears throat> so, you know, supercontinents aren't really known for, or aren't thought, thought to be sort of the sparks of, of, of evolution because most early evolution, especially is, is along coast. Most life lives at the coast mm-hmm. and your coastlines on supercontinents are limited. You have less coastline when you have a supercontinent than if you break it up into, you know, five, seven, nine pieces, you have much more, you know. Um, yeah. If, if there's any, well, you know, 40 plus year olds out there listening, who've played Sim city, the original <laughs> Sim city classic from, the, from Nintendo, you, you didn't want like in Sim city, the game, it just like you randomly picked a number one to a thousand and it would assign you some sort of geographic, you know, land blob. You never wanted an Island because the Island was not enough land, not enough, you know, it, it just, it, it didn't work. So the same thing with the supercontinent, you have all this coastline. However, what's the, what is going on here? Sorry, Mike computer's doing something weird um you have you know what 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 has the least amount of surface area a sphere so what has the least amount of surface area a circle so if you have a circle you're going to have not that much coastline you're not going to have not not that much land to water area and that's going to limit like jesse said life uh, but you get a super continent. The city. What's that? <laughs> well, I, I, so I'm just just adding to this thought experiment, right? You get a super continent, but then you can. But what if you have some ephemeral seas? Like, say you have like a. Well, that's yeah, that's a whole different warmer temperatures. So you get shallow, wax. shallow ephemeral yeah. seas. In, Where's the know, sea? Where's the water epicontin- coming from? Epicontinental seas. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it depends. It depends on what your sea floor is doing, if it's spreading a lot or, or not. Um, so basically we're trying to say is there's a lot of variables at play. <laughs> you know what a 5,000 mile long wall of, of rock will do? It'll keep out white walkers. <laughs> That's, that, is, that is a good point. That is what I know. Yeah. Do you have any, <laughs> any input into this, Chris? You have no idea who white walkers are? No, I know it's from Game of Thrones. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Uh, and they were also books. <laughs> so. um, I mean, anyway, I, I, I only watched it. <clears throat> I tried to read the first book and it, uh, I couldn't do it. Uh, I, I read them and they were, they were good. Dense. But then they kind of left you on a cliffhanger and he, he decided not to write anymore because I think HBO was just paying him more money to. <laughs> 
<laughs> keep going with the show. It's, you know, it's it's good work if you can get it. Yeah, man. But anyway, yes, it will keep out White Walkers. That's a good point. So a big Thanks. giant wall. It, it yes, not only is it shedding off a ton, ton of sediment, it is changing the climactic uh, for the climate for a large portion of the planet. Because on on the one side, depending upon which way the weather patterns are going, you know, left or right, whatever, up, down, east, west, whatever. On one side, you're going to be dumping all the rain. On the other side, you're going to have this huge rain shadow, like they said. So it's it and then i guess where you are on the planet too like are you warm are you cold are you i mean no matter what if your mountains are that tall you're gonna have glaciers at the top uh, i'm assuming right like i guess if the the paleo climate was hot enough you wouldn't have ice but, at but that, regardless if you have stuff that's up at you know thir- if you have a thirty thousand foot mountain Right, it's, it's going to be yeah, ice. It's right? going to be cold up there. Yeah, it doesn't matter how hot the uh, what greenhouse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're up and you're you're pushing yourself up into the stratosphere. Yeah, cold. that's like you know commercial jetliners are hanging out at that altitude. Yeah, that's up there always. I was wondering, like, 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 do we know like the Himalayan mountains uh, are related to like the Asian monsoons and stuff like that? And so yeah. I was thinking about like climate in terms of, of, of stuff like that. You get a 5,000 mile wall of rock, like, you know, what kind of monsoons would be related to, to something like that? Yeah. There's, there's some thought too about like, you know, when the Appalachians first went up, it created monsoon like conditions, or even when the Rockies first went up, you had sort of intermontane monsoons. Uh, intermontane monsoons. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Thanks. I don't, I don't know if I'm describing that correctly, but let's go with it. Yeah, man, uh, I, that's a beautiful yeah. name. <laughs> um, yeah, it it would. I think it would really, really do a number on atmospheric circulation. It'd be interesting because some of it depends too on on what the ocean circulation is doing because that's heating the air above it. Well, that was the other thing I was going to say. That was the next point I was going to get at was you got these continents moving around. That's going to start dinking around with how the oceans are circulating. It's true. And I think that's part of the story here is that the the breakup of, of these supercontinents is it allows water to start moving through and that changes your ocean. Yeah, that changes everything. I mean, yeah, look. Look at the dramatic effect of just the Drake Passage opening up. Like, don't get me started on the circumpolar current, right? Were you not a fan? No, I love it. The roaring forties lo- <laughs> and the raging fifties and the wild sixties. I don't know all the names of the <laughs> the, the the salty seventies. <laughs> no the eighteen eighties. Yeah. No. The, the, the naughty nineties. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, I do, <clears throat> I would love to sail around the Cape of good hope and the Cape of good fear. <laughs> <laughs> what's the tip of South America? That's good hope, right? Yeah. And what's yeah. the tip of what's South? What's uh, what's the tip of Africa? Cape Fear, right? No. no. Cape Fear no. is a river in Georgia. Cape Fear. No, why did I say that? Is, is the movie. Yeah. Cape Horn. Cape Horn. Yeah. The Horn of Africa. Well, the Horn of Africa is up, up at the top, right? Yes. Cape. Boy, this is embarrassing. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Gonna drive me crazy. So, anyways, uh, this we're getting away from the uh, the topic here, what? but uh, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, so we got these mountains eroding down. We got oh, these, Cape uh, of Good Hope is Africa. Cape of Good Hope is Africa. That and makes. What, then, what is South America? Cape Horn. What we were way off. Backwards. 
backwards. I knew. Yeah. So yeah, the southern tip off. Thank of Fuego is Cape goodness. Fuego. This is not a geography podcast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's because they can just make up anything and name whatever whatever they want. That's a good point. Yeah, but you're right, Chris. We are digressing. So we have all this uh, minerals shedding off of these giant mountains. It's trapping oxygen and that trapping of the oxygen helped trigger biodiversity. Correct? No, there are increases in oxygen, atmospheric oxygen. Yeah, because the oxygen was really low. Because it, so you have, this is something that I think I'm sorry. The, yeah, the liberation of trapped oxygen. Yeah, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so the, not trapping oxygen. After sorry, the yes. great oxidation event, oxygen actually drops again. Like you have this pump up of oxygen and it crashes. Right? And then it builds back up. It's like the stock market. Yeah. Got a little too big for its britches. Is, is my understanding of it. So, yeah, so uh, let's see. They say here, enhanced carbon production and sedimentation, both driven by super mountain erosion, are also expected to lead to increases in atmospheric oxygen. Yeah. Okay. So this, yeah, pre this erosion, oxygen was actually pretty low. I mean, oxygen was low to begin with. We call it the great oxidation event, but, it, you know, it's just... The, the evolution of, of cyanobacteria, it's not like cyanobacteria is pumping out a lot of oxygen. No. It's, you know, single-celled organisms photosynthesizing. And so, you know, our, the rate at which we get oxygen in the atmosphere is pretty low. So this is a way to, to sort of ramp it up. But there is some thought that the initial oxygen pulse from the great oxidation event led to a glaciation, which actually caused oxygen to drop again in their atmosphere until you get super mountain. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting so, how mother nature just keeps balancing things out. Like you're you going to spit out too much of this. We're gonna, say some, you could say something about life here. <laughs> life uh, finds a way. <laughs> So once again, if we quote Jeff Goldblum, that means take two drinks from your beverage <laughs> right now. So basically, okay, so you got the the silicates, silicate minerals are breaking down, right, from the erosion. And like we said earlier, you're getting you're getting uh you're storing the uh, you're getting the the uh, carbonate sediments to form as a result, and that's kicking up oxygen into the atmosphere so it's pulling down the carbon and it's kicking up the oxygen in the atmosphere um and then uh so yeah and so they're they're trying to uh look at this and try to say like this could have been um you know linked to a, a couple things like i said the disappearance of the of the banded iron formations um and then for the the first the first super mountain that we talked about from Nuna or the yeah the the, the Nuna mountains uh, links up with could it link up with the emergence of the first macroscopic organisms about uh, 1.9 billion years ago um, and uh, yeah it just uh, you know I guess uh, the the main thing is you know they're they're throwing out this concept is this coincidental or is this uh the causation because causation or what do they say correlation does not lead to causation Cor yeah correlation does not <clears throat> uh mean causation or something yeah you know you get yeah. the idea no taxation without representation that's what it is yeah that's give me Free a die, really yeah yeah Throw some tea in the old harbor. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, kind of. You know, we were talking a little bit about planetary geology a little bit before, like with Olympus. You know, when you're talking about deep time geology, it's, you know, it, it's difficult to prove things. There, there's not a ton of evidence, and the evidence you have is legit, super old. So, you know, you you have to go with these kind of. Um, it, 
it, not wild, but but hard to prove hypotheses. Like you yes. almost have to you almost have to prove them wrong. Like, am I wrong? Prove me wrong, as opposed to I am correct, and this is why I'm correct. Um, it, you know, same thing with planetary geology. Like, oh, this this one crack that we found in Mars is is due to X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, you don't really know that. You're you're hypothesizing based on evidence you have on Earth, and you're making that hypothesis on it on a, another planet. So, sure, does it make sense? Yes, but it, you know, the same thing with deep time. Deep time hypotheses are 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 tough to prove. You almost have to disprove them. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with what you're saying. It's uh. Yeah, you start dealing with deep time and it's the evidence that you have is so, so fuzzy. And, um, you know, the, the closer you are to modern day, the more, the better resolution you have in your data. So deep time stuff is always, always super tricky just because your evidence is just so bad. Yeah, it's uh, like try, trying to figure out the manufacturing process of cars by looking at, you know, the taillights from Model T's. Or something like that. Like, you know, it you barely have times just looking at the tire treads that yeah, exactly. <laughs> you barely have any any of that evidence is still around, and you're you're making a million inferences based on what you know now and may may not have been what actually was going on back then. So, but however, th- this is pretty interesting. I mean, all tectonic events have led to there's different evolute biological evolutionary uh, advances. I think it's a cool concept. I think it's a really, really cool concept that, you know, it's like, once you get everything's linked to everything else on earth, it's just like this, this chain reaction, you get mountains going up. You would never think that it would, it would be linked to like an explosion in, in evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty. You think of it as just as mountains go up and the mountains come down, mountains get eroded down. But it's just like, well, the mountains are dinking around with the climate. The mountains are dinking around with uh, ocean circulation. Well, not the mountains directly, but the the way the 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 orientation of the continents are dinking around with ocean circulation currents. And then the mountains, as they're eroding down, are starting to mess with atmospheric chemistry because they're storing carbon and letting, you know, releasing oxygen and all this stuff. And yeah. And it's all just a giant, a giant, uh, you know, kind of domino effect. It really does go to, I mean, it shows how interconnected everything is like, yeah, yeah. that's what I like about this. It shows exactly. Thank you. It's, it shows how insanely interconnected yeah. earth is with and yeah uh, everything when else. You, when you try and, ascribe you know the the cause of something to one thing i feel like you miss the point a little bit yeah yeah because usually i mean some things happen with you know and there's one variable to blame but usually when you're dealing with science especially geology it's not always it's like never one variable causes something there's so many there's it's there's usually there's multiple variables and this this leads me into my second favorite topic um, aside from coal, which is uh, aliens. Yeah. Uh, so th- I like this, where this, is going. this gets into the idea of, of you know, there. So there's one concept, you know, that is side, it kind of ties in with the Fermi paradox about intelligent life in the universe. Where is everybody? Yeah. Great question. I scream it. I wake up every night screaming. Sarah, <laughs> Sarah's about to leave me. Uh, <laughs> it's about to be not here. <laughs> we have a newborn. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, or just me with, I, I told a ghost story and my, I, I just moved to a new house and before the podcast started. I, that's, I had a little, I don't even know if it's a ghost story. I don't know if it's, I, I heard I was basically okay. I'll tell the story on the podcast. I was uh, I was in the shower by myself and I just heard knock knock on the door 
and I just go, hello. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. my version of what Jesse does. Where are yeah. they? I Where just go, hello. Just hello. real, real friendly neighbors in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it is. So one of the ideas about intelligent life is there's this concept called the great filter. And so the Which idea we talked about, I love talking about this in the podcast. Yeah. So the idea like life evolving is, is pretty easy and it's simple to do. And I think people have shown that it doesn't take much to, to get life going, but to get the, the, the step above sort of simple life into complex life is, is a, is a pretty big step. And then to go from, from that to intelligent life is even a greater step. And so you have this, you're filtering out, you know, to go from these steps and this sort of this idea of, you know, you have a super mountain. That's one of the elements needed to sort of jumpstart or, or, or slingshot you into going from simple life to complex life, because you needed just the right conditions where you have a 5,000 mile long mountain range producing mm-hmm. enough, you know, phosphorus <laughs> to, to sort of jumpstart life in the oceans. Yeah. It's is kind of, it, it's, it's a little bit silly and it's, it's also a little bit like, huh, everything kind of lined up just right to get to where we're at today. And whew, what are we doing with it? Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, we're producing genuinely awesome podcasts with it. Great That's point. Great point. I did. I did yesterday. I had a Hershey bar and a Coca-Cola. Life doesn't get much better than that. Wow. That does sound good. Yeah. But I like what Steve was saying. Go back to what Steve was saying. You don't want to talk about my Hershey bar? No, I mean, that's fine. That's the Hershey. But listen, listen, hold on. Let's see where I'm going with this. I think what Steve was trying to make, I really want to reinforce this point, is that the geology flannel cast really is the apex of humanity. <laughs> we, we're the next step in the great filter. I, I was going with a little more like life gives you lemons. We'll give you, you know, geology podcasts, Le- no. lemon, lemon drink. I wouldn't yeah. even say lemonade. <laughs> you know, in, in, in Bill and Ted, the, the classic yeah. trilogy. Now a trilogy. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the third one, but carry on. Um, you know, generations hence that they become, you know, the worshipped gods or whatever. Yeah, maybe, be excellent to each other. Yeah, maybe aliens will come here and be like, take us to your podcasts, your geology, <laughs> your flannel cast. Listen, if aliens land on Earth and say, we want to talk to the flannel cast guys. I'll take that interview. I, yeah, I know what you would, you would think of. You'd be like, hello? Hello? Yeah. Hello? Maybe they were trying to contact me the other day when I was in the shower. I don't know. That was, that, that was first contact. Yeah. And, and you, you blew it. Shower. You blew it. <laughs> it was it was strange. Well, it was, my my reaction wasn't like, what was that? It was just like, hello. If, <laughs> if they're intelligent enough to, to have interstellar travel, they should know enough to like, Wait till you're out of the shower. Just wait the five minutes. Yeah, you, I don't. You know. You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Homer. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, that's how super mo- mountains have uh, spawned us. Yeah. The geology podcast. Uh, r- real quick, one of the, you know, one of the ways they they studied this. So studying mountains going up is something that's sort of fascinating to me. Um, you can sort of do it through isotopes. Go toes. Yeah, yeah there we are. Uh, <laughs> because um, certain... Once you get el- real fast, there was two Simpsons references within five minutes right <laughs> yeah. there. So it's two sips so, on your beer. That's the other rules. For the- <laughs> so like you can, you can study, you know, one way to study, like people are studying the Himalayas now and the rate at which they're rising using like uh, oxygen isotopes because the air masses that have to go up and over the mountain, you know, as they go up, they, they're, they're cooling off. And so they're condensing and they're raining out or precipitating out. And so the, the water that falls on certain parts, certain elevations has a certain oxygen value to it. And so you can, and if it gets trapped in the, in the sediment or in the rock, you can study that. The element they used here in this study 
was zircon and so zircon is is um super stable yeah is that, the, is that what i want to so yeah yeah you yeah, can't it, get it sticks around for a long long time it is super yeah. stable at our standard temperature and pressure i guess i don't zirconium at the surface zirconium yeah. is um metal do i got that right cubic zirconium no zir- zirconium where zircon comes from is is, is is it a metal uh man i actually don't know much about zircon other than like i lost my periodic table that I used people to use it a lot i think it's yeah so it's it's a neosilicate and it's got metal zirconium in it yes well yeah carry on and stall <laughs> so, zircon very strong mineral yeah so zr radio has uranium in it so some of the we talked about zircon last week yes yeah, some of yes the, it is it is a transition metal sorry it, i wanted they, to make sure i wasn't getting it like i'm like that's not zinc right no zircon for in these in these zircons they found an impurity very low amounts called lutetium which is, um, I think it's a lanthium. It's 71 on the periodic table. I think it's a yep. lanthium. Lutetium? 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 I thought it was lutetium. You, but... You're probably right. It's the ancient word for Paris. Fun fact. Um, Wait, I don't Paris? know why, because it was found in Yterbium. Yeah, it's an island off of Sweden. Sweden, yeah. Yeah. Where they've there's like six mineral, six elements they found in that cave, right? Yeah. And they they thought it was so it was part of um anyway, doesn't matter. Fun fact. <laughs> but it only forms I love it at um the at high elevations at the base of these really high mountains. And and so you only see it there. And they see that they the, this, I, mountains. Okay. the isotope they found here, um, or sorry, that this element has two spikes at 1.8 billion and 650, and that's what they're basing this off of. So there, this study is really interesting, but it it leaves a lot to be further studied. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you know it, 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 it's no like smoking gun and it's you know it's it's kind of like it's a neat idea um yeah just kind of saying like hey but let's, but uh, let's start looking at this and let's see what kind of data we can pull together so but so they found this spike <clears throat> basically you know an enormous area and that's how they pieced together. It was this long chain of mountains. They looked everywhere you have rocks that are, you know, let's say Nunia age rocks, 1.8 billion year old rocks that they thought from paleo reconstruction sort of line up, which is kind of neat. And also seems like a lot of work. Yeah. So I don't Holy want to take cow. away from them. Yeah. Anyway. Really interesting story. Yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it to our attention. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we could yeah. do a whole podcast on uh, rare earth elements on the periodic table and where they're found on the planet. Well, let's, yeah, we got, yeah, I think that's super interesting. <clears throat> I don't know how many people would find that. Uh, the history of that stuff is interesting. We should talk about the boring billion because it's not as boring as people say. We need to uh, do allegedly. Austra- <laughs> yeah. We need to talk about Australia today. Um, yeah. Shout out to uh, Brooke. 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 Um, and all the other great Australian listeners. Um. Yeah, we got a this this opened a lot of doors here. And that's what good this is sort of like uh I always tell my students good good research always asks, you know, always leads to more questions than answers. 
Yeah, that's that's the truth. Yeah, you figure yeah. out one answer, you get like five new questions. Yeah, you should always be left with more questions than answers. And anyone who tells you they've figured it all out, you don't do not be trust very that suspect of that person. <laughs> They're both face liars. Yeah. I, yeah. Yep. The more you study something, the, the the dumber you feel. Yeah, the less you know. There's yeah. a, there's there's a great article. NBC that, uh, had it wrong. The more you know. <laughs> um, this great article. I guess it came out a while ago, but it was called um, "The Importance of Stupidity in." No, oh, was it the, the the importance of stupidity in scientific research? Not no, no, that can't be right. But basically, like it's it's about how like feeling like if you feel like you're stupid, like when you're doing scientific research, that's actually like a good thing because it means like, you know, you number one, like you don't know everything. And if you feel like, you know, all the answers, that's, that's a big red flag. That's, that's, you know, <laughs> cause like Jesse said, every time that you figure out an answer, there's always more and more questions. It's like, okay, like, you know, it's like you could just it's like a five-year-old just keeps on asking, well, why? Why is the sky blue? Well, why? 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 And then, you know, you keep on asking that question, why? And the next thing you know, you, you don't have an answer anymore. And um, well, unless you're a good dad. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> no, I, I hear you, Chris, like the why, why, why? And then, yeah, eventually you get to the point where, well, I don't because know. I Let, said so. I don't know. Let's <laughs> let's look it up. And then. Then yeah. they tend to lose interest. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, interesting episode on super mountains. Uh, I super I, mountains causing super life. Yeah, I love it. So, did the mountains cause macroscopic organisms and the Cambrian life explosion? I'm gonna say maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll have the answer for episode 250. I don't yeah. you know. I love it. It's part of the story. That's what I'll say. Yeah. You know, do we just need, uh, you know, about twice as many episodes and then we'll get there. There we go. All right. Um, well, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to all our Patreons who are chiming in as we're uh, chatting. So appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for all that, the support uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's helped out the podcast. Um, Check out uh, patreon.com slash geology flannel cast. If you're interested in helping out the podcast, um, there's uh, different tiers of membership. Uh, some, if you sponsor the podcast, we'll get you some stickers and um, come with Topaz tier, get your own episode. Yeah. You get to pick it. Um, um, so go check that out. Uh, there's some, got some uh, fun merch on geology check out and uh if you still want to help with the podcast but uh you know a little strap for cash just tell a friend yes uh, that's awesome you can get if you can get one other person downloading episodes of the flannel cast thank you so much that's but thank you what our big push in the month of february not only is it tell a friend february but it's take a super awesome picture of yourself with a geology flannel cast sticker Oh, yes. Because we're going to have an awesome Instagram contest where uh, the best, most awesomest picture will get, I don't know, a free sticker. I don't know. The the prize is yet to be determined, but we we want for our Instagram posts um, stickers of just awesome pictures of you and the sticker or the sticker at somewhere cool, uh, preferably somewhere geology related. But as you know, Jesse Thornburg could relate it back to geology in about two steps. So, um, yeah, I try. Yeah. If you want to, this could be like a stump Jesse contest too. like take, take your picture of your geology flannel cast sticker somewhere and see if Jesse can't figure out the geology. So (laughs) um, that actually sounds pretty hard. Yeah. I'm very busy. Yeah. But you're a very smart dude. So, um, but yeah so check us out uh if you just want some stickers you know you you can just purchase some stickers on our website geologyflannelcast.com and then therefore you can get involved in this um contest so yeah check it out yeah uh check out the instagram 
Chelsea Flannel Cast on Instagram and the Facebook and the Twitter and all that stuff. Um, so that's it. Thanks everyone so much for for hanging out for another episode of the Geology Flannel Cast. Was this one twenty seven, Steve? This was one twenty seven. Ancient wow, super mountains. Time flies. You're having fun. Yeah, man. Um, all right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out, and we'll catch you guys next week with another fun and exciting episode of the Geology Flannel Cast, the premier geology podcast. Have a good one. Oh, Jesse. Bye. No, 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 no. You're jumping the gun here. What what song are you taking us out with today? Oh boy. <laughs> oh, you, you got me. You got one? I don't got one. Um, there's good ones. Um, I got nothing for today. Yeah. If there's got to be a mountain song, come on. Well, a mountain song or that John Denver's full of crap, man. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky Mountain High. Matt Matty goes, "Ain't no mountain high enough." There, there you go. Are. Ain't there no, no, mountain, ain't no high. mountain high enough. I was trying to think of about a song about life, but yeah, uh, yeah. I was thinking. I was wondering, like, is there a, the song about like the wheel of life or something, or like <laughs> wheel of nice. life keeps turning, or oh, I don't know. Big wheels keep on turning. Proud Mary, keep on burning. Rolling. All right. (laughs) Well, smooth as always. Rolling on the river. (laughs) All right. See you, everybody. Yeah. Much like coming down, this has to end. Well, okay. Bye. Thanks for stopping. Smooth. (laughs)